For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Praise the Lord. Praise the love. Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for tuning in today to Crossbound Ministry as we open up God's Word and dive into it and see what the Lord God Almighty has for us, what He has to say to you personally. He wants a personal relationship with you, and He wants to walk with you and talk with you each and every day. So if you'd like to open your Bible to John, John chapter 7 and verse 1. And while you're turning there, I want to encourage you to go to our website, www.crossboundministry.com and sign up for our newsletter. And in doing so, I'll send you a free e-booklet as what happens after a Christian dies. Amen. So John chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Can I just say, even you or me, amen, if you knew somebody was going to kill you, you just wouldn't want to go there. You wouldn't want to hang out there. You wouldn't want somebody just to come after you and try to annihilate you and destroy you. And Jesus had that same feeling. Even though he was a man, he was fully God at the same time. Time. You say fully explain that. I cannot, but I fully believe it. Amen. And that's what faith is all about. So Jesus remained in Galilee. Uh, he did not want to stay in Judea, which was the headquarters for the Jews, because they sought to kill him to take his life. That's what they wanted to do. They were after him to destroy him. I think the Jews referred to in this verse were the leaders and the rulers. You see, because Jesus, by saying, I am, I am God in the flesh, that means you don't have to go to a high priest or a priest to get to God. Every person had the right to go to God in Jesus' name. And see, he was taking their power away from them because the people would have to come to them them to get to God. But now through Jesus, amen, thank God, me and you can go to God in Jesus' name. We don't need another man or another priest or a high priest. No, we have the right to approach the throne of God through Jesus. And so these people here, they hated him. They, they wanted to kill him. They, they were just tired of him. How dare you make these kind of claim. So I believe that the religious leaders here were the ones that was talking about who hated Jesus. They hated him bitterly and who sought any opportunity to take his life, to remove him. And they thought they were going to remove the problem, but you cannot remove God. Amen. So John chapter seven and verse two, the next verse says, now the Jews feast of tabernacles 
was at hand. The Feast of the Tabernacles was one of the important events in the Jewish calendar. It came at the time of harvest and celebrated the fact that the Jews lived in temporary shelters or booths after they came out of Egypt. Amen. Remember if they were bondage in Egypt for a long time, but Moses, God used Moses to bring his people out. He went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. So God uses a humble man like Moses. The Bible even says that he was one of the meekest of all but yet God chose to use him. And so they were celebrating that. Hey, we're no longer in bondage anymore. We're, we're, we're free. Verse number three, his brethren therefore said unto him, depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. Now this was his brethren, the Bible says, were these men saved? Well, I don't know, but it says his brethren therefore said unto him, depart hence and go into Judea, that the disciples also may see the works that thou doest. And so they want him to go, go over here where there's a lot of publicity, where a lot of people are going to see it, where you're going to get lots of notice. Hey, go over there. That's, that's what they were talking about. But these brethren, I don't know if they, they truly believed on Jesus. Maybe they were seeking fame. Hey, look who we brought. We brought Jesus with us. You know, the one that can heal the lame, make the blind to see, the one that can feed thousands with a little boy's lunch with some fish and some bread. Hey, we brought Jesus with us. And that's what they were saying. Hey, let's go over here. So I think they were more or less just wanting to bring him because, hey, look who, so they could say, look who we brought with us. But they did not truly believe on the Lord Jesus. They told him that he, he should go to the Feast of the Tabernacle in Jerusalem and perform some of his miracles there so that disciples may see him. They may see of what all he could do. Just like I said, look who we brought. The guy that can heal people, make the lame walk, the blind see, feed thousands. Amen. We brought him with us. Verse number four. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou doest these things, show thyself to the world. You see what they're saying? You're doing this in secret. Come show yourself to the world. Maybe these words were spoken in sarcasm. Because he said, they said, hey, you're doing this in secret. Come show the world. His relatives seemed to imply that the Lord was looking for publicity, that the Lord, Jesus Christ, was looking for fame, but that's not why he came, and that's not what he's looking for. The Bible says Jesus is looking for, he's looking to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why he came, and that's what he is still looking for today, to save those that are lost, to seek and to save those that which are lost and so now in their mind, here is a big opportunity. Here is something they can, they, he can show off. Hey, look at all the things that we, that we brought this guy with us. Look at all the things that he can do. And so if you've been seeking fame, hey, come down to Jerusalem, Jesus. Hey, come down here with us. Galilee, where they were at right then, Galilee is a quiet little 
place. You're not getting no publicity. There's not very many people seeing what's going on, and you are practically performing all these miracles in secret here. People don't know. We need to let the world know. We got to get you up on a pedestal, and, and so you can seek that fame. But Jesus didn't perform those miracles for fame or to be famous. No, he did not. And so the thought here seems to be, if you're really the Messiah, and if you're doing these miracles to prove it, why don't you offer the proofs where they really, where all the people are at, where you can get the most fame for it? But Jesus was doing them in Galilee, a small little place that wasn't really big on the map, amen? But Jesus is not looking for fame. He wasn't looking for it then, and he's not looking for it now. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. Verse number five. For neither did his brethren believe in him. You know what I said about those brethren that were talking to him? Even though the Bible says brethren, verse number five says, for neither did his brethren believe in him. Now let's start talking about those disciples. His 12 disciples were here. Now we know 11 believed and one didn't, but it's talking about all the ones that are there with him, all the ones that are following him around. The Bible says, for neither did his brethren believe in him? His brothers had no sincere and no desire to see the Lord Jesus glorified, but they wanted to use him for the things that they could get. They did not really believe that he was the Messiah. Neither were they willing to trust, to put their trust in him. So what they were saying was really sarcasm. Their hearts were not right with God. Their hearts were not right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Their hearts did not truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It must have been especially bitter and hurtful for the Lord Jesus to have his own brothers doubt his, his works, to doubt him. But yet, how often all of us, if you're faithful to God, some of the, the bitterest and most hurtful things from opposition can come from those that are nearest and dearest to your heart. Why? Because they have access to your heart. Because you've opened up to them a little bit or all the way. And so, yeah, some things do hurt. And I guarantee you, this hurt Jesus. He was fully man, but yet he was fully God at the same time. He felt what me and you felt. He feels rejection. He felt hurt. He felt pain. He felt the way people felt about him and what they thought about him. And I'm sure he was hurt because these were people following him around claiming to believe in him. Can I just say there's many people just like that today might go to church, might tithe, might be good people according to our standards, but not to God's word. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. All of us are sinners for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So many people will like these say they believe on Jesus, follow him around by going to church or tithing or something like that. But their heart has never truly been born again. See, they are doing like these people. They were following Jesus for what they can get out of it. See, they wanted Jesus to perform miracles. Hey, look who we brought. Look what he can do. Look who we're with. But Jesus was not all about that. No, sir or no, ma'am. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And there are as many people even today 
who claim to follow Jesus, but they are following him for what they can get, not because they believe he is the Messiah. Verse number six, John chapter seven and verse number six. Then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Remember, they wanted him to come up there with him. Hey, come go with us. But Jesus said, hey, my time is not yet come. Can I just say the Lord Jesus Christ life was ordered before the beginning of the world. God had his plan laid out. God's timing is perfect and it always is. Each and every day and every movement was according to that prearranged schedule that God had ordained before the foundation of the world. Wrap your mind around that one. But God lives outside of time. He can see inside time from beginning to end. And his plan is perfect. You know something's happened in your life and you can't, you wonder why? Lord, this is terrible. Why could this happen? And it's not till you get past all that and you look back. Can you see why God would allow that to happen in your life? But you see, God can see forward, whereas we cannot. And that's where you step out in faith. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I give you my life. And can I just say, I'm still learning. I'm still learning that what peace that has when you give it to Jesus, whatever he has for me, Lord, I will step out on it because he can see from the beginning to the end and his timing is perfect. And he told them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. What did he mean by that? He was telling them your time, your time is ready. Their time, it was their time to believe on Jesus. It was their time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Jesus was telling them, hey, but it's not my time, but it's your time. It's your time. Your time is ready. It's right now. Don't wait. Can I just say, if you're not saved, if you've never been born again, he's talking to you. Your time is now. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't wait till tomorrow. You might not make it through the night. You might not make it home. You might not be able to put the car in park and get out and go in the house. You might not wake up from that sleep. You just don't know. The Bible says that death stalks all of us, there is no age limit on death. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so here he told him, hey, but your time is always the opportune time for manifesting himself, talking about Jesus openly to the world was not yet come. Jesus told them, but their time had come. Their lives, they were living their lives according to their own desires, their own wills. They were not being obedient to God. Verse number seven, John chapter seven, verse number seven. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. And the world could not hate the Lord's brothers because they belong to the world. The world loves its own. That Jesus said, they can't hate you because you belong to the world. But me, it hateth because I belong to the Father. Can I just say, if you're truly saved, the world is not going to like you neither. Jesus said that. They hate me, they're going to hate you also. And not only that, these guys that claim to be brethren, they took sides with the world against Jesus. Hey, and here, 
The world system, it refers to what man has built. You see, man loves what man can build. I did it myself. It was all me. I get all the credit for it. Hey, man loves that. I did it all myself. Amen. But can I just say, you can't want do one thing that will last throughout eternity apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here it's talking about the world's systems, what man has built, and there's no room for God in it. There's no room for the Lord Jesus Christ in the system that man has built. What is that system? How about the world of culture? How about the world of art? And here's a massive one today. How about the world of education? We can't give God no glory in that. No, that's something man has built. Now, listen, there is nothing better than good Christian education. I'm a firm believer in a good Christian schools or homeschooling is all the, always the best, I believe. And the second best would be a good Christian school. Amen. And so the things that man has built, they don't have room for God. Here's an even bigger one than education. How about religion in religion? In fact, in Judea, it was particularly the religious world. Since it was the rulers of the Jews who hated Christ the most. Hey, there are many religions today. Many religions. You see, these religions, they want God's blessings. They want God to open the windows of heaven. God, put your hand on my life and bless me. But... They do not want God calling the shots or making the decisions in their life. They want full control of it. They want God's blessings, but they don't want to give God control or God the glory. Can I just say God's blessings are reserved for God's people? Amen to that. And it goes even deeper. God's blessings are reserved for God's obedient people. Amen. Was the Bible say obedience is better than sacrifice? And so the world hated Christ because he testified of how evil their works truly are. You know, it's a sad day when a spotless, perfect man comes into the world and he is sought after and he is run down and he is killed only because he is spotless and perfect man. But you see, you don't know how truly crooked a stick is until you lay a perfectly straight stick beside it. And that's what Jesus does. He's so perfectly straight and so perfect. And people, they, then they look at themselves and they realize how crooked they truly are. But at that moment, at that moment, you have a decision. I can believe in Jesus and take him on, or I can get mad and push him away as these people did. So just as a straight line reveals the crookedness of a crooked line or a zigzag line when you place them side by side. So the Lord coming to the world reveals the sinfulness of man. That's right. He shows us how sinful we truly are. And even a Christian, you start to think, well, I'm a good person. Will I do this? Will I go to church? Will I give money? Hey, but listen, when you open up the Bible and you look into God's mirror, and you compare it to yourself, it truly shows you how crooked we truly are. So thank the Lord for Jesus saving our souls from the fires of hell, from the penalty of sin. Verse number eight, John chapter seven, verse number eight. Go ye up into the feast. I go not up yet unto the feasts, for my time is not yet come. 
They pretended to be the religious man. They were going to the feast, but yet Christ said, I'm not going with you. You're not taking me with you. I'm not seeking none of your fame. You're not going to stop and say, hey, look who we brought with us. No, people love religious rituals. Do you hear me? People love religious rituals because you can do them without having any of your heart in it. Somebody can pass offer plate. You can throw $10, $20, $100 in it, whatever you have, and feel like you have done something for the Lord, but your heart is not truly in it. God doesn't want your money. God doesn't want your job. God doesn't want your house. God wants your heart. Amen. That's what he is after. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. Verse number nine, when he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. He stayed behind. So the Lord remained in Galilee after his brother had gone up to the feast. He waited. He let him go. Hey, you, you go ahead. I'm going to wait here. Jesus was not going with them. So careful with the company you keep. Amen. Jesus said, I'm not going with y'all. I'm not hanging out with y'all. That's You guys are wrong. Your heart's not right. Amen. Verse number 10. But when his brethren were gone up, they went he also up to the feast. Not openly, but as it were in secret. Jesus still went, but he didn't go with them. He didn't go at that time. You see, Jesus' time is impeccable. It's impeccable. Jesus wasn't seeking to be famous like they wanted him to be. No, he wasn't looking for fame or fortune. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew, this is what Jesus said. He didn't come to bring peace to the world. Matthew 10, 34 tells you, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I am come to send peace. I am not come to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Amen. He's talking about when a person's get saved, people say, what are you doing to them kids? You're sheltering them. You're ruining them. You just, you need to let them go. Give them whatever they want. No, the Bible says it's your job as a parent to protect those kids, to shelter them. Hey, amen. And that's what it's talking about. It's setting variance against family. Why? Because their heart is not in it. They don't have the same desires to please the Lord as you do. And, and that is what Jesus is talking about. Don't think that I came to bring peace, but a sword. Hey, because when you believe on me, the world is going to hate you. Just like he said in that verse, verse number 11, then the Jews sought at the feast and said, where is he? Where is he? Hey, they were looking, where's Jesus? They weren't interested in worshiping him. They were interested in destroying him. They were looking to take his life. Where's that guy that's taking the power away from us? Where's that guy that everybody's believing on? Who does he think he is? Where is he at? They were looking for him, the religious leaders were. And that's one of the reasons he didn't go with those brethren. He knew he could foresee in the future what was really going to happen. Verse number 12, and there was much murmuring among, among the people concerning him. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceiveth the people. It is clear that the presence of the Lord was creating quite a stir amongst the people. Hey, it could be said that wherever Jesus goes, there's either a revival or a riot. And that can be true today. Amen. You see, it's never people praying to God. And they don't mind that, but as soon as you introduce the name of Jesus, it bothers them. Why? Because it cuts them to the heart, to the bone, to the marrow. It shows them how crooked they truly are. But listen, Jesus loves them too, just like he loves you. Just like he loves you, and he wants to set you straight. He wants to put his, his 
righteousness upon you. He wants to bestow his righteousness upon you. So when you stand before God, God doesn't even see you. He sees himself. He sees his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say today, where have you put your faith and trust in? The Bible says, repent of your sins, put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the only way to heaven. You have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministry Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $25 or more, we will send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book, Nothing Created Everything. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook or visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a woman in need of help with your pregnancy, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There's locations in Inverness and Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507 and Bruce Kaufman Construction, providing all your home building needs, 352-400-0230. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida, 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200.